Welcome to Digineer Presents, this final episode of Commitment-Based Management from Digineer's own practitioners, Gus Broman and Joe Colomina, talks about the importance of mood, how to adjust it, how to handle bad moods, and how to lift the mood of your team and yourself to deliver a better project and meet your deadlines and goals. So here's Gus and Joe for one final run. And next up after this episode is going to be a retrospective on how CBM has impacted some of our clients. So here's Gus. Angel. Welcome back to Digineer Presents Commitment Based Management Podcast. This is Gus Broman. And I'm Joe Pullman. Today we're going to talk about the importance of mood. And this is our final broadcast for Commitment Based Management. So, Joe, we've talked about all the interaction principles, and here we are looking at the topic of mood. How does mood fit into commitment based management? Mood is really important. Um, Companies that have employees that function in productive and generative moods tend to be, well, always are, far more productive and uh, and tend to be more profitable than uh, those that have employees that uh, are always in uh, poor and uh, degenerative moods. So we talk about this stuff and and we... um, we study it and we uh, learn approaches to uh, see if we can't make um, improvements in mood and, and have some best practices that allow uh, leadership and employees to assess um, what moods are, either their own or their teams or you know, other team members, to try and uh, see if we can shift moods that are slipping or becoming degenerative. We all know that moods are contagious. And so if uh, you're on your way to work and and you leave home um, and your order gets messed up when you order your triple-double extra high-rise caramelized latte um, and you end up getting uh, black coffee instead, you know, your, your mood, you, you respond and, and we're reactive and, and suddenly your mood slips. But we, we go through these uh, these situations throughout the day where we're buffeted between the things go well, so therefore I'm in a good mood, and things go poorly, and therefore I'm in a bad mood. And we need to be able to figure out how to make sure that, that we're not staying in that bad mood and infecting others. So Josie, how does this, like... I always read these stats about how um, balanced, you know, people with fewer personal problems going on are better employees. And and I know that's true. I mean, there's times that, you know, when I was, my wife was having a baby or um, we were moving houses, you know, my mind is preoccupied. You know, there's a, my mother passed away and, and there's a, you know, a, just a deluge of uh, emotions going through that. So many times, I, I know on a personal level when positive things are going on in my personal life that I'm I bring a more positive aspect to to work. 
So when you talk about mood, are you talking about like personal life and professional life, or are you talking more professional life, or what are your thoughts? Yeah, so holistically, I'm, I'm talking about uh, your life, uh, be that personal or professional, because things will, will cross that, that boundary. Um, you, you need to understand that uh, there are things that lead uh, to things like resignation. Resignation is somebody saying, oh, things aren't going to change. They're always going to go poorly for me, right? Right. And resignation is, is one of those uh, moves, essentially, that, uh, that leads to that negative uh, viewpoint on the world. Now, when, when looking at something like resignation, we want to see if it's factual or is there a possibility Right. So if, if I'm going to look at the fact that I'm a human being and so therefore I don't have any wings, I can't fly unassisted. So I'm resigned to the fact that, oh, I can't fly unless I'm in a plane. I'm so sad. But that's just a fact of life. You're a human. You don't have wings and you can't fly. So let's not be upset about that. Okay. Now, if you're talking about things like Oh, I'm never going to get that promotion because I'm, you know, I've always been passed over and, and things aren't going to change. You have to understand there's possibility there and you're discounting that possibility. You're not taking into account the fact that you can go get a class. You can go get trained. You can go meet with the right people to have the right conversations about what your gaps are in order to be able to gain that promotion when it comes available, right? So there is possibility. And if you can learn to separate what is factual and what has happened in the past, which is all factual and you can't go back and change it, versus the possibility that you have and the ability to make changes and impacts, that's a big step towards um, improving your mood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I know we mentioned this in a previous episode, but I always categorize people in two buckets, either the filler-uppers or the emptiers. You know, there's certain people that when you're with them, they're filling up your bucket and because they're bringing a mood, a positive mood. And then there's the others that are always emptying the cup and it's just a struggle to really, you know, figure out, hey, it's all right. You don't need to be so negative. So, um, so it's obvious that mood really plays a huge part of this. And you know, so what about the the person who's just bend on the world is always negative is and that's just kind of what they bring to the table. How can I, as a leader, project manager, organizational change management consultant, how can I improve that mood, Josie, from your perspective? Yeah, um, I think having the conversation with them where they are able to reflect on what is factual. What, what is it that they can't change? You know, what is what are those things that have happened in the past and you can't go back and change those things? Separate that from what are the possibilities in their life and what could they potentially do uh, in order to uh, remove that resignation, change that resignation into ambition. That's one of the shifts that we talk about when we talk about mood um, um, 
correction, right? Mm-hmm. There, there is another kind of mood correction that we talk about. That's changing resentment into acceptance. If if we carry all these bags all in life about these things have happened to you, these things and, and that thing and and, uh, and and it's, it's it all leads to bad feelings, right? You carry a lot of resentment with you. You need to be able to shift that over to acceptance. It it it's an exercise that uh, that hopefully you know uh, most people can do, uh, but I know that it's difficult for some people. Um, it's you know it, it it is one of those things that, that really improves uh, an individual's outlook on life. So, so on life, and, and so if you have a discussion with somebody that seems to be down in the dumps continually, well. Uh, let me correct you this. Uh, let me say something straightforward here. In no means, by no means are we saying, you know, you have to be able to say your mood is going to be good and it can't be bad. There are some people that cannot make that shift. Mm-hmm. And understand that there are some individuals that are going to need professional help. And if they do, they need to seek that out and and uh, and, and take some action, right? And get some help. That's not what this is about. We're not sure. at that level, okay? Um, I don't want to downplay uh, uh, at all <laughs> uh, depression. It, it is something that exists and, and it impacts a lot of people, uh, a large percentage of the, of the population. And they need to reach out uh, and, and get some help. And, and there is nothing in this lesson that says that that's the wrong thing to do. Right. Yep. We're talking about mood <laughs> on yeah. a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, again, I didn't get my triple high-rise extra large cal- caramel latte, uh, and instead I got a black coffee. Uh, those kinds of acceptance uh, versus resentment types of uh, decisions, uh, which are really a choice. People that have depression and that cannot get out of depression, they don't have that choice and they need help. Right. You know, it's it's interesting, um, you know, because, you know, I've had these conversations with some of the people that I've worked with and kind of where I come down to it is I, I, my, the conversation went like this. Look, we all have to be here whether we like it or not. And so we might as well make the best of it. We can either have fun kind of wrestle through it and not suck or we can just think this is just a grind you know and and once you kind of make that mood shift and um so many times it really is an intentional choice that you have to say hey i am going to choose to bring a positive aspect and a positive mood to this i'm reminded of uh the famous chuck swindoll quote um international speaker and uh uh, and he talks about attitude, which is similar to mood. He, you know, he says, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude is more than facts. It's more than important than the past, than education, the money, than circumstances and failures. He goes on. It's a, it's a very long quote. And then he's, at the end, he says, I'm convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you. You are in charge of your attitude. And that's the same with, same with mood. I'm in charge of my mood. 
And so I can be grateful for the work that I have. I can be grateful for the, the team that I have, or I can always be complaining, you know? And, and so it is a choice on the, on the mood that we can bring to, to some of these, uh, work initiatives that we're talking about and, and, uh, and move that way. And a lot of times, you know, as leaders, we can uh, set the mood, whether it be, you know, getting to know people personally. And, you know, I know that, uh, you know, the more that we care for one another and truly respect one another, that's when it's okay to not be okay, right? I mean, I don't want someone in my group to be faking it because right. that, that goes against the interaction principle, you know? Right. And, and so if you're having a crappy day, that's all right. And, and you have a license to that. But, you know, um, and, and I want people to be transparent about that. But, you know, but in yeah. general, you're bringing a, a better attitude or a better mood. Like, what can we, what are you doing to make the project team, the, pro, the kind of project team that you want to be a part of? Because everyone right. is always like looking at it like, what can we get to me, 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 me? Well, what are you doing to bring, what are you bringing to the table, if you will? Sure. One of the things that we do um, is when we start meetings, we, we check in, we, we go around the table and we want everybody to sort of center themselves and say, I'm fully present and I'm here to contribute, just like we want everybody to be, and then to indicate their mood, right? And, and we, we count on people to be truly authentic in that, in that sense and, and, and give us what the mood is for them. Um, and you brought up a good point. We, we, don't, want people, we don't want people faking it, right? And, and so a good leader is going to sit there and he's going to listen to that, that round of check-in. And let's say that it comes to me and I say, well, I'm Joe and I'm fully present and my mood is fantastic in, in that tone. Um, a, a good leader is going to come along and say, Joe, I don't think you're being sincere with that. Right. With that mood check-in. Um, it is perfectly okay for the leader to say, I'd like you to go out and take a lap, hopefully if the weather's warm, <laughs> around the pond and, uh, you know, get your head straight, um, you know, figure out what it is that you need worked on and, and work on it. And come back when you're ready. And not in a shaming sense, not in a, um, this is a punishment sort of way, but rather, we want you here, we want you here completely, and you need to go work on this. And, and potentially that's something that has to be, that, that has to be done. Um, now, uh, leaders really need to be able to assess uh, team mood and individual moods. Why don't you talk a little bit about that uh, from the previous project year on? I don't know if there's a specific one that you're thinking about, but um, you know, I I actually remembered uh, one of the projects you and I worked on. By the way, I miss working with you, Josie. We need to get on another project soon. Likewise. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was I was remembering the two people who knew the most about the project were so um there's a negative mood with one of them and uh and uh what's interesting is i had had conversations with the executive that was in charge of everything and he goes 
I just want people to feel empowered and I don't think they feel empowered. And he said, everyone is scared to make a decision because they think they'll be fired. Here's what I want. I want to fire someone for not making a decision. He says, because everyone looks to me to make the decision and I know the least amount. It takes everybody like an hour to get me up to speed about something. After that conversation, I was in a working session with the two people and, uh, and one of the individuals said, well, I don't know. It always depends on what the C, what the C people say. We're not the ones to make a decision. And without using names, I said, hey, you are empowered to make the decision. And if you had all the keys to the kingdom, what would you do to make that decision? Because it was always putting off what the executives think. It's always their fault. It's always, you know, oh, woe is me because the, the, the leaders think this way. I said, you have all the keys to the kingdom. You can make all the decisions. What would you make? He goes, I can't make it. I said, yes, you are empowered to make it. And I said, I'll take the blame. I said, I'll take the blame if the decision's wrong. And it wasn't until I had that pep talk that we could even get a decision out of this person. And so, so much of it depends on the mood. So when you have these people who, who feel or, and it is, and, and feelings are real. Feelings are real. Um, but was it justified? Probably not. But his feelings were real, so you have to acknowledge it. And then you have to say, okay, what can I do with this? And my way was to go all the way to the top to figure out, is he empowered? And, and he was. So it's, it's, you know, and after that, we were able to move so much quicker on the project. Once I said, you're empowered, and I said, I'll take the fall. Because that's the nice thing about being the consultant. You're the outside person. And I said, hey, just blame it on me if it doesn't work out. Nick it in my contract and I go away tomorrow. Because what I knew, the executives really wanted this team to think radically and move quickly. And the end result turned out to be that. That they were finally, for the very first time, able to move quickly, have a more positive mood and move forward. So that, sure. that was... That was I still remember that so vividly, and and I, I think of that every time we talk about mood. Right, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's good stuff right there. Um, leaders need to be able to assess team mood. Yeah, they need to be able to walk around, do 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 the. Uh, let's take a pulse of uh, where we are right, with this team, right? Uh, because that'll tell them a couple of different things. Obviously, they're going to be identifying risks in, in, in assessing whether or not the team mood is, you know, uh, positive. Right. Because if the team mood isn't, it is a risk. Right. Right. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. And so, the, the other thing as a leader is I always want, if, if we're not going to have fun, I'm not going to be there. I mean, honestly, like life is too short to have it be a grind all the time. So I think about meetings and as we do our check-ins, you know, one of the things I like to do as I do an initial kickoff meeting is say, hey, tell me your role on the project and why you're wearing the shoes you're wearing today. And there's always a story and any tidbit of information that you can learn and and because we're all humans and we all have our life outside of work. 
the more connections we can make and the more human we can make and the more caring we can be to one another, the more effective we're going to be as human beings and in that team as well. Because if you think of organizations, organizations are just made up of people. And it's just the output of the people doing great things or doing crappy things that that's what the organization will be. So I always try to, to, to make it a little bit more personal, but not awkward, if you will. Yeah, that's a great point. So in summary, I think mood is one of the more important things we've talked about. Yes. And we have to be able to recognize within ourselves, we have to be able to say, am I bringing my best foot and my best, uh, my best face into the office or into the um, WebEx or the um, whatever it is. Zoom, Teams, you name Zoom. your favorite. Yeah. 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 Um, and if not, I'm, I'm risking putting others uh, or infecting others with uh, infecting. With yeah. Infecting. What a great word. Yeah. Because you can infect positively too, right? Yes, you can. Yes. You can. I love it. Yeah, it's like vaccinating against uh, negative moods. Um, you know, we have to learn how to shift resentment into acceptance. I know that there's a lot of heavy topics in life where it, it would be hard to say I accept that this happened or or that, that, that this circumstance had occurred in the past. But once we, the more we can put things like that into acceptance, the better off we'll be in the long run in terms of in terms of our overall mood. Um, yeah. So, well, Josie, this has been just a, a pleasure, uh, just reconnecting with you and sharing this. And I've had several people uh, contact me about uh, this podcast, and so thanks for taking the time and, and going through this. Uh, this series with us and you know i can't not thank our our uh, fearless producer paresh thank you so much for leading us through this and uh folks thank you for tuning in to digineer presents commitment-based management and please uh find us on uh linkedin and facebook i'm gus broman and instagram and i'm joe Coleman. and thanks for listening everybody Thanks for listening to Digineer Presents, brought to you by Digineer. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, and look for Digineer and all those social media platforms. We look forward to hearing from you.